you're at a place you just discovered. And being an American Express Platinum card member with Global Dining Access by Resi helped you score tickets to quite the dining experience. Okay, chef. You're looking at something you've never seen before, much less tasted. After your first bite, you say nothing because you're speechless. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your dining experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. Looking for a new high-end mascara without breaking the bank? The new L'Oreal Paris Panorama Mascara gives you a high-end lash look in a premium gold luxe packaging. It's all about panoramic volume and fully fanned out lashes. With its tapered brush, the new Panorama Mascara catches every single lash, giving you the false lash look without any of the hassle. Say goodbye to clumps and flakes, because this mascara is specially formulated to resist them all day with up to 24-hour wear. And the best part? It performs better than Luxe Mascaras at only a fraction of the cost. You can buy Panorama Mascara on Amazon today. Welcome to the Nerds Podcast number 760. Uh, this episode, uh, what do we got? What, what's on the corkboard, Katie Levine? Corkboard. Corkboard. Here comes Everyone, check out, you've been doing a great job of downloading Make Tech Human. I've appreciated that very much so. All one word, Make Tech Human. And if you are so inclined and you... I have a podcast. I'm not sure how many people actually know that this is a real thing, but Kevin Smith and I do a podcast about Frasier called Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs. It's a real podcast. We have 16 or 17 episodes out right now. Uh, we're doing some live dates in December. December 5th at the Pasadena Ice House. Great. December 28th, I believe, at the Bray Improv. Great. And December 31st, New Year's Eve at the Melrose Improv. Great. Hi. I want to I plug two things, which is that uh, Talking Dead is on an hour later for the next two episodes. Uh, Why is that? Into the Badlands just premiered. Oh, okay. It's the sort of the martial arts spectacular show. So it's for the next two weeks and just for the next two weeks, Walking Dead, Into the Badlands, and then Talking Dead. And then when we come back for uh, the next half of the season, we'll be on at our regular time. And also... Um, my uh, animation partner Shaddy uh, and I have through Puny Entertainment have a show on Amazon Prime called Danger and Eggs it's a kids show I guess for stoners too it's kind of Spongebobby in that way uh, but if you go on and watch it and review it and it's really good A.D. Bryant's in it it's really great uh, then there's an opportunity that we'll get to actually make more of them loving the plus. so there we go what do you got Katie on the corkboard I wanted to plug something that I actually saw in person uh, I like to hike at this place called in Placerita Canyon, and it's off the 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, so far, like, your story checks out. Yeah. But they uh, at the Placerita Canyon Nature Center, on December 5th and 6th, they're having a holiday craft fair, and you can decorate your own holiday wreaths, centerpieces, candles, ornaments, using a large assortment of fresh-cut greenery, pine cones, and other beautiful natural treasures. It's a fundraising event for the Placerita Canyon Nature Center. And there's a charge for some of the activities, but it's you know pretty cheap, and it sounds like it will be a lot of fun, especially for any listeners with kids. Excellent. Yeah. And then you take the kids to that during the day and then head over to Pasadena, the Ice House, see yep, Kevin and I do talk, talk salad and scrambled eggs about Frasier. And just because she's in the room, Deb, oh. say hi from the background. Hey. That's hey. Deb. She books, Deb books the people that come on the podcast. So if there's someone on the podcast, Deb has placed them there on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks, Deb. You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> this episode is Justin Thoreau who is promoting The Leftovers, which if you saw last night, you probably have some comments or questions. This was recorded before the most recent episode. Uh, I won't say what, just in case you haven't seen it. I don't want to spoil anything. But if you watch The Leftovers and you wonder why we didn't talk about last night's episode, it's because 
we recorded this before last night's episode, but Justin Theroux is fucking rad, by the way. He was awesome. He was a great guy, really so funny. funny. Really funny, and Very you know, handsome. co-wrote one of my favorite comedies, yeah. Tropic Thunder, in addition to being a great actor. The Leftovers is... And Chris's favorite Iron Man movie, Iron Man 2. Yep. Sun- Sundays at 9 p.m. on HBO and HBO Go and HBO, HBO Now. now. Uh, HBO Now! <laughs> HBO Go! I, HBO you know, Now! Why I just like HBO? Well, no. Go, HBO now. Stay? Not HBO yet. Go! <laughs> HBO Now! HBO Sit! HBO Rollover. Uh, all right, Justin Thoreau's in the podcast. Here's Nerds Podcast number 760 with Justin Thoreau. Katie, HBO Now! HBO Go. Now entering Nerdist.com. We're talking about night terrors. Night you mean terrors. the concept of night terrors? Yeah, no, I was talking about Dory has them, and like I didn't know how crazy they were really until like she sent me. She finally, after a few months of dating, she sent me a link to an article she'd written for the New Yorker about them. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. What is her intent? The origin of night terrors are they more emotional or is it more like sleep apnea and then you feel like you're you stop breathing and then you freak out? No, it's not sleep apnea with her. I don't know what it is. See, well, it's usually anxiety, I assume. Causes Probably got all cured when she married you, though, right? Everything was fine after that. <laughs> Haven't happened since. There you go. You're, you're the cure I for mean, night terrors. Come on. Do you have Ladies night terrors? I don't have night terrors. No, but the dog. We're talking about his dog. She, kno- she knows she has night terrors, so she wakes up in the middle of the night. <laughs> She's well aware. I'm there to calm her down and tell yeah. her. It's more terrifying for you. It's basically. totally cool. <laughs> well, first, like the second night we moved into our house, she got like shot out of bed and said like there are robbers here robbing us and i i was asleep so when i woke up and heard that i just sprung into action and was like you stay here and i was gonna go now what kind of action what were you going to do to robbers i grabbed my surefire surefire flashlight you know it's real bright (laughs) you're gonna beat them down with one of your left-handed guitars blind them and then punch them You're going to have to do this to her. Punch a robber? Put a flashlight in her face. Make her really terrified. They're super bright, guys. (laughs) What I I like to imagine is a classic Scooby-Doo chase montage where you're chasing the robber, then the robber's chasing you, then you come out of one room, (laughs) then you go into another room, then Yakety Stack starts playing. You're living in (laughs) several times in the the background. They're recycling the background. (laughs) You slap an old guy on the forehead, and then uh, you guys go to bed laughing. Great times. And you pull your wife's skin mask off. Old man Carruthers. Are you? <laughs> you the whole time. He, he would have gotten away with it, man. I mean, for those meddling kids. I really got to get the mystery machine. I need life. to tell you, and I'm so glad I can say this face to face. I I think Tropic Thunder is probably one of the oh. best comedies in the last. Like in me too. It was great. Fucking- no. <laughs> <laughs> what if you now see you? You projected where I was going. You go, oh, like oh, thanks. What if oh, I was like, was so one of the sweet. worst <laughs> movies? No, but you know what was interesting is I had the benefit of seeing Tropic Thunder in two completely different markets. I saw it in Los Angeles, and then I went and saw it with my uh, family in Memphis. Tennessee, yeah, and uh, not Memphis, Egypt, and uh, <laughs> and and what was interesting was to that both audiences laughed in completely different places. I think it's that thing of you know 
Hollywood is one of the – we're so kind of inundated. We all know what sort of – with all the TMZs and the extras and the access, we all know kind of what the back the backside of the industry looks like. So I think both people – you know, people in L.A. are laughing at one thing. People right. in the country are laughing at another thing because I guess the characters are identifiable as the action hero and the over-serious guy and the farty comedy guy. And So I think they, they it, it plays in both – I assume people know that you co-wrote that movie. Yes. I, I didn't just bring it up. People are like, why are you talking? You weren't. People usually you're... don't like writers' names. <laughs> yeah. Usually go by the screen and then they uh, and then they go. Well, away. I saw Ben Stiller. <laughs> yeah, he wrote. Exactly. Could you believe that? The only thing about it. The only thing about it. My dad thought that the boot. Uh, he thought the commercial at the beginning was a real commercial for the first few well, minutes. I think a lot of people now, so. started to... It doesn't matter. Oh. <laughs> you, don't, you don't get to make dead dad jokes. <laughs> Wait, I don't? No. I thought that was understood. That no, I, it doesn't I was work that way. will never die. <laughs> <laughs> my dad's going to live forever. Oh, my God, poor Matt. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Do you hear me, God? It's like that famous... Just, Lord, just, don't take John Myra. <laughs> if Justin had seen the toast at your, at your uh, rehearsal dinner. <laughs> 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 Do John Myra's toast. Oh, God. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if there was a second where I was like, why would you think that was a real thing? You know, <laughs> and you just saw the guy in the movie. You I'm know, glad we, I mean, we could, you know, if we if we hit some sort of grain of truth or something in that. I, I think a bunch of people thought the movies when when those trailers first started playing. Yeah, uh, you know, they were into them until they obviously saw uh, Ben's face or or whoever Robert. Oh man, the gift so that, much. that really so much. in the ass, that one. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of trouble for old simple Jack. Loved it. I loved we it. Did. I did too. I still defend that. that was issue. there ever was there ever talk of a sequel to Tropic Thunder? Not really. No, I don't think any serious. It was. It's one of those things where it's like if you got an idea, we're willing to hear it. But it's it's such a kind of wonderful self-contained thing. You yeah. Know, um, that there's no real. It's kind of you just don't want to go back unless there's a really good idea. You know, it's like anything. You don't want to. You don't want to just try and do something just because people liked it. You know, you kind of some some things are just meant to live once and forever, as opposed to. Or if you're James Bond, you live 24 times. 20, is it 24 now? It's 24 now. Good God. And counting. At least they're swapping out. Did you see Spectre again? Yeah, I saw it again. Did you like it? I loved it. Oh, good. I have a podcast. Did you see it? I haven't seen it yet. No. You haven't seen it? I haven't seen it either. No. Well, you'll both enjoy it. Wow, right. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure I will. Where do you, how do you divide your brain between the writer and the actor-performer? I mean, what, 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 what gets priority? Um... Nothing gets priority. It's usually a, a, a question of time and how much time you, you know. Writing obviously is, I think, harder and takes longer periods of time to execute. And in the end, it's sort of more satisfying when you can sit back after working on something for a year and a half, or even some, in Travel Thunder's case, I think like eight years, um, and finally watch something that you, you like, world you created. You know, um, acting you're really more of like a you're you're trying to be a piece in someone else's machine, which is equally fun um but uh and it takes longer time uh, shorter time commitments so um it's nice to sort of dip in and dip out and then let someone else deal with the editing the writing it's i just love getting a script handed to me yeah. that's already been hey, we already did this for you and, just yeah, say these exactly. things this is the instruction manual just go stand <laughs> yeah, over exactly. there you go over there and make say the faces that, yeah, and, uh, you're gonna be sad right here <laughs> and just go be sad and say <laughs> exactly. that while you're sad exactly right, now go home i know now you go home now go sit in your trailer you got wi-fi, <laughs> yeah, wi-fi. you can fuck around on the internet exactly. if you want you got xbox one i mean you know it's it's you really do have to love the process of writing because it 
I mean, you can spend two years writing something and then like, well, that didn't get made. Yeah, that I mean, was I a, have a bunch of stuff sitting ton on of things that, that are just lying around, and you kind of go, well, but it's you know, most movies, even small movies, when you write something that could, the budget could be a million bucks or something. You're still asking someone to give you a million bucks to do it. And with studio movies or bigger movies, you're asking someone to give you 40 to 80 million, whatever, it, whatever the Our budget is. Our $275 million. Good Lord immerse. They'll make it back. Yeah. yeah. They'll make it back a lot. <laughs> Speed. Oh, those Land Rover deals, you know? God damn it. No, what a up. fucking cash cow that thing is. <laughs> they were smart. They were product integration before we knew what that word was. When did they start doing it? They started doing that, God, with... Rolex and Seiko back in the 70s. Wow. They like, sold uh, Thunderballs? I don't know. Goldfingers. They sold those uh, those teeth that uh, Richard Keel had. Jaws. Jaws teeth. <laughs> they the, sold the cable, too, that he been into. They sold Roger Moore. They just <laughs> sold Roger Moore. He was a product <laughs> integration. A product yeah, he was a product integration uh, uh, for Britain. <laughs> Sir Roger Moore, thank you. Sir, okay. No, you're right. I'm sorry. Oh, that was very Lord. disrespectful of me. I, I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. <laughs> Sir Roger Moore, who's definitely listening right now. Oh, Very offended. Oh, was. God, he's calling. Our phones are blowing up. <laughs> he get all he's of calling us on all like, of our like Sherlock. Cell phones. Yeah, all of our phones just went up. Roger Moore has a Google alert for his name. How old? He must be like 90 <laughs> by now. 80, 88, something like does that. Does he appear much in public? Uh, he still does work for UNICEF. You know, he's oh, that's out there. Nice. He's out there. He lives in, uh, I don't know why we're going to talk about Roger Moore for so long, but he lives in... Um, oh, where is the, where the cause Monte, ding, Monte Carlo? Ding, ding. Like, he lives in some weird tax haven. Oh really? Yeah, because of the British tax. Of course, system. James Bond would live in Monte Carlo. <laughs> <laughs> Where else would he live? He's crashing boats all the time. He lives in. <laughs> he lives, speaking of Iron Man too, he lives like there. Oh like really? Where the race was? Yeah, yeah. Right, right where the the Grand Prix was. Yeah. Do you like? Uh, do you prefer to write for existing characters, especially with with something like Iron Man? It's like, well, there's. There's there's a universe. There's a there's, universe there's that you have to respect. Um, there's canon. I don't know. You know, I it's usually about the person playing them or the voice that they have. Because I think if anything, I'm that I, if I have a talent for anything, it's probably just mimicry or, or or sort of trying to sing in the same key as someone. But I like creating characters, perhaps more. You know, um, and then seeing who falls into them. Um, like Tropic Thunder was me and Ben just sort of going through and creating. There were so many characters that got cut that we you know we could have written. The movie within the movie forever. Like that what was, was the so favorite character of yours that got cut? Um, there was well, when we Simpler started Jack. doing it, <laughs> super simple Jack. Um, uh, there was we basically created a platoon because the the joke in the initial phases that we were just sort of tossing around was um, you know a, a war movie that's horribly miscast. Um, and so we went and looked at all the war movies and there is like a prototype every, you know, there's like a guy who's like good with the walkie talkies and he's from Brooklyn and his name is books and they books get us the thing, <laughs> you know, like, and then there's like the Southern guy who's a sharpshooter or, you know, it's like, cause he's been quail hunting his whole, there's like the, all these kinds of guys and this guy's totally messed up and he's older and he's seen that, but done it all. And, um, and then the fun part is just pairing that with prototype actors, which is, you know, like the douchey action guy or the super over serious actor who's won a bunch of academy awards and and we just sort of were like let's just get all these people to you know together and and just sort of write to that you know um but i think we we had a character named dixie uh who is like a southern i think he was a sniper and and uh i mean again you don't even see much of that movie in our movie but um those were sort of the some of the characters you know we had a platoon of like i think 12 and then we were like all right we gotta get this down to six or something (laughs) like that that reminds me of how they how the stories i heard about how they used to write um police squad before nick had gone like the original police squad yeah yeah so all those guys would just watch 
as many of the cop shows as yeah. possible. Yeah. And then just, just like make notes. So we got to have that guy. We got to have this. We got to have this. We got yeah. this. And it all just came out of it. All just came out of that. Well, we watched a lot of DVD extras. Uh, like we'd watch the you know those EPKs, the sort of electronic <sighs> press kits for the actors. Um, who were doing these war movies. So you'd get any, you know, name a great war movie and then you'd get the DVD and then you'd watch the guys doing their interviews and the seriousness with which they took it was, you're watching it with even three degrees steps to the left with a comedic eye. It's just so funny because they, they start talking about it like they actually went to war. They're like, they're like look, you know, we were obviously trying to make it as real as possible. We did a boot camp for four days. <laughs> you know, I'll never forget the first night, you know, uh, so and so, you know, the director woke us up with firecrackers, you know. And we thought there was gunfire, you know, like that kind of, and, you know, and we just thought we're it was metal. so funny. Like, like, and by the end of that film, you know, we'd been to war, you know, and you're like, no, you haven't. There was no jeopardy. Like, you did not get shot. You did nothing happen to you. You were okay. The soldiers you don't trailer. have trailers to go yeah, into. you might have been in the Philippines where the food was a little weird the catering sucked but it wasn't you well, know. chicken was dry <laughs> chicken was dry as a boo um, but it was a lot uh, watching those guys you know and actors are sort of programmed to speak that way when they're playing and it's you know you make fun of it but you know they, they talk like that when they're in serious parts you know it can get really their heads can get further and further up their butt about stuff um, and you're thinking oh it's just a movie at the end of the day and we're glad they take it serious because they turn in good performances right. and all the rest of it and they have to believe it but same time, but uh, so. it's slightly too. It's a slightly, yeah. I mean, exactly. one step too. One step. Like, Come on, guys. At least they could. At least they could preface it with. Now I know I didn't actually go to war, but <laughs> yes, exactly. Now I know I'm not a real soldier, yeah. but <laughs> exactly. exactly. This happened, and this happened, and this happened. Just yeah. some layer of awareness, some little bit of awareness. But I think when you're in it and making those movies, you're you're trying to take it as seriously as possible. But it's a laugh riot. I was actually. reading about your family. Like, literally almost everyone in your family is some kind of an accomplished something or other. A lot of them are, yeah. There's a bunch of writers in my family. I don't, I, you know, I, I wouldn't put myself on the same uh, playing field as them. They write books and, you know, uh, essays. You know, they're, they're very good writers, you know, which is, uh, I sort of, you know. They're Thoreau's. They're Thoreau's. <laughs> I mean, come on. I've given them so much. <laughs> To, to work You're with. You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome, Uncle. <laughs> so, exactly. Oh wait, they were born before me. Oh, that's um, how that works. Yeah, there's a bunch of good writers in my family. So they're and uh, and very good ones too. Was it something that you was that? What did you set out to do? Um, eat. I set out to um, not really do anything. I got out of college and I was like a double major visual art drama. Mm-hmm. Um, and. Um, didn't I? And I was kind of like I just knew I wanted to be in New York, and I'm going to just do whatever, see what sticks in New York. So I was doing a little bit of those things, although um, you know you can't really sit at home and act. Um, and then uh, well, you can't. It's just weird. you can't. It's, it's <laughs> awkward for whatever girl, whoever you're dating at the time. Um, hey, will you read my lines with me? <laughs> I would just go into monologue. Um, but, Again but, with the Indianapolis. <laughs> exactly. Jesus what Christ. accent is this? No, no setup at all. Just exactly. Just start doing just dialogue from like Pinter. Twelve Angry Men. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and then I, I, you know, I, I was doing some art stuff, and also, of course, doing you know construction and bar and working tables and things like that. Um, and then auditioning, and then eventually one started to sort of take over more than the other one. You know, and that was it. But I mean, it is really hard to. It's hard to break in at the level at which you've broken in on both of those fronts. I mean, it's gen- I mean, it's it's like, difficult. Yeah, it's very difficult to. I mean, you've written really big movies and you've been in. You've you've. But that, I mean, you know, I think we all trip upstairs and we all get really lucky on a lot of levels. And I've worked very hard too. But it's I don't. 
I don't pat myself. I'm, I'm definitely not self-made in that way. You know, I, it required a lot of people, you know, sort of reaching behind them and like helping me out and, or recognize, or even giving me the time of day to sort of go like, like Ben was the first person who read my material and was like, wow, this is, you know, your dialogue is good or your, you know, this is, you know, I like these characters, you know, he was the first person I actually showed stuff to. And I was just fortunate that it, his show had just been canceled. You know, like the Ben Stiller show had just gone off the air. Thank and, God. Um, <laughs> no, I love it was the best show in the world. You know, I had a, I had a, I had stolen from MTV a highlight reel of just a bunch of the best sketches from that show. And I wore that tape out. I watched the, I mean, it was so for the time and, and even now it was such a, it was so A lot funny. of that holds up. A lot, a lot of that lot holds of it. up. I mean, it was, like, it was fake trailers. Or thing, it was very know, like, far ahead of where comedy ended up going, too. Yeah. It's very self-referential and very yeah. meta and very – it's all that all that stuff that – very pop culture aware in a way that comedy in the 80s hadn't really been up to that point. Yeah, that's right. And it was on and it was on network for a Fox. minute. And you were like – yeah, on Fox. And you were like, oh, my god. There's something slipped through that felt funny and genuine and real and, like, and contemporary. And even the Melrose Heights sketches. Melrose Heights were so – Melrose Bob Heights, Heights as, a robot. as the robots. Like, like, I'm, I'm not a robot. robot. I'm not a Batteries. 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 Just because, just because the Bond Swedish girl goes, yeah. Vaughn is a robot, yeah. <laughs> hey, guys, did you hear? Vaughn's a robot. Vaughn's <laughs> a robot. It was so – Or Manson. Like, yeah, Odenkirk was just like out of control. You got to walk like you're talking. <laughs> Timmy's in trouble. Oh, Timmy's in trouble. Like, don't you get? You don't know Jack. Man. Cape like, Munster. Now. Cape Munster. Cape Munster was like one of the all-time oh, classics. And then like Andy Dick had a whole bunch of amazing like weird like. Do you remember there was one like Jacques Cousteau where he's drunk at the oh, and yeah. he's doing voiceover. He's like Zemanetti <laughs> is creature. I mean, it just like is so funny. Like, like, fucking Ben Stiller's entitled restaurant old man. Do it. Do it. Do it. Come on. So come and in tattoo as well. Lionel Richie like, was stuck on you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, coming in at number one. Harvey yeah. Milichey. Uh. And then, and then uh, uh, Andy Dick did that weird Brent Forrester sketch where he was just a giant head. Oh Brent yeah, Forrester relaxation sketch. Yeah, oh, and yeah. the head starts fighting a person, and punching something <laughs> yeah. like on the. That's right. God damn, they were so so good. And then T.J. O'Pooter Toots. T.J. O'Pooter Toots. Based on the Donner Party. That's right. It was basically like fun food based on cannibalism. God damn it. handlebar mustache. I can't believe I... Oh, the memories come flooding back. And there's only one season of it. Like, there's only one, like... What, 13 or 14 episodes, right? And, like, three of them didn't air. Yeah. I mean, at the time, because it was so... I understand in retrospect why, particularly at a time in the mid-90s where... That this was the the pre niching of entertainment, mm-hmm. where everything still had to appeal to everyone. Yeah, I can understand why a mainstream audience might be a little confused because it does take one level. Like it do, takes yeah, you have to drop down an irony level to yeah. understand yeah. what it is that they're doing and saying. Yeah, you know? I agree. I don't know. I mean, I think uh, yeah. I mean, it's like uh, he, and then I think after that. I mean, not just right after that, but a while later, he went and did Heat Vision and Jack, which is one of those oh, great. So good. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but. Um, but I remember thinking, this is brilliant. Like, this is one of the on most. Kazaa. It's so oh my freaking God. funny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Vision and Jack. Because <laughs> Owen uh, Wilson was the voice of the motorcycle. He was a motorcycle, Jack yeah. Black. Jack Black was the God, smartest so man on earth. Was, when that was Harmon, right? It was Harmon. Yeah. Was it Harmon and Schraub, I think. Oh, maybe. Oh, I know it was yeah. Schraub, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Harmon because Harmon said that they. And Rob purposely Trump. tried to write the worst thing they could think of because they wanted to get out of that deal. And so they came up with Heat Vision and Jack, which might have been the best thing they've ever written. (laughs) But I do think there's something – I do think – you know, do you find that when you're 
trying to write something that's so meaningful and it's like you get a little too precious but then when you can just throw it all away and not I don't write anything meaningful I mean that's not, the, <laughs> that's not really what I do you know like I would I, I wouldn't know where to begin you know if someone was like we, need a, st- we need a great James L. Brooks script or something like that I'd be I like oh, I don't know to man. tell about this iron <laughs> man <laughs> exactly I gotta get this out of me <laughs> So many feelings. The mask he puts on. Yeah, exactly. He's a man who lives in iron. He's trapped, but yet he's the strongest. It's a metaphor for all of us. Is the suit a prison for him, or is you know? It's a metaphor for the Billy Joel album "Strangers." (laughs) Exactly. It's the uncovered secret of Iron Man Two. This is legitimately. If this doesn't appear on Deadline, I'd be very disappointed. The undercurrent of Iron Man Two. I see Iron Man Two clips all the time in Vegas because that's the. That's the slot. That's what the slot machine is based on. Is Iron Man too? <laughs> that's so funny. really. It's, I'm, yeah. well, I'm sure we had to write a bunch of slot machines into the movie. It's, <laughs> it's our cross promotion. <laughs> exactly. Listen, it. we're going after the gambling. <laughs> Jarvis, hack those slot machines. <laughs> hack those Jarvis slot shows machines. Up we need the slot some money. Machine. It's great. <laughs> really? It used to be pin- Jarvis. You there, buddy? I wonder then, if pinball machines where it used to be. Remember pinball machines always were like movie themed. There are some yeah, great yeah. ones, Kiss like, themed or yeah, whatever, the Kiss you know, one like, or the Star Trek ones. Or yeah. the Star Trek ones are great. Yeah, great yeah. Pinball. There's an, the Adams Family one's fantastic too. It's like the the, the, the Raul Julia Adams Family. Oh, I remember that one. one yeah, is really, really fantastic. Star Trek TNG one is great. A, that one they recorded dialogue for all of them. Really, all there's seven. a one point where pinball machines went next level and just started like yeah, I think it was being like literally next level. They would have like two levels. <laughs> <laughs> like the ball would go up and around. Uh, I mean, you uh, you and I are exactly the same age, so you and I thirty five, thirty four. I'm oh, sorry, so we're yeah, a year so apart. We're older, yeah. yeah. Guys, coming up May, right? <laughs> <laughs> but so you you were present for the whole the the, the, the pinball slash you know ultimately video game. Revolution. Oh yeah, sure. Were, were you were you into that when you were? I was. Yeah, I wasted a lot of money in drugstores, dumping quarters into you know asteroids, Phoenix, all that crap. You know, like I mean, you said on yeah. drugs. <laughs> on drugs. No, in drugstores. Yeah, <laughs> where you buy drugs. Like I was the in little bodegas in New York drugs. where you. You know, it's yeah. a story. I invented Cesarep. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. You're the store. Nichols looking you in the eye. It's a purple drink. I was like, oh, <laughs> I drink all of it. Come on. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, and I've, I've followed video games everywhere they went, from Where'd Sega Systems, up? D.C., Washington, oh, you grew D.C. Up in D.C. Mm-hmm. Nice. And then um, from, in, in, you know, whatever, we all know the games, like Sega, Nintendo, blah, blah, And then um, I remember when I first saw PlayStation, I was like, what's happening? Like, mm. And then that got thing, and then online, and then I started going online. And then I started to age out, but I'm still playing. But um, <laughs> What are you playing? I, I uh, play Call of Duty a lot. Like, uh, I, I, that's the game that I, sure. I play all I can kill literally weeks on end. What's I don't your, anymore. What's, I really, your, uh, what's your technique? I thought you were um, going to say, what's your gamer tag? I was about to say, like, I'm not going to get my gamer tag out on air. Um, <laughs> my, uh, I was going to save my gamer tag on the thing, but don't it's see foolishly it. very close to, uh, anyway, we figured it out. <laughs> James Mom. And, yeah. <laughs> and Spectre. one night, I would tweet, I tweeted a picture because I had like ranked on Arkham Asylum like 305th in the world. On this uh, challenge map, and I was uh-huh. like, "Fuck yeah!" And I Instagrammed it, Mistake. and then turned off my fucking PlayStation, <laughs> booted up the PS4. I had eleven hundred friend requests. <laughs> That's awesome! Oh my god! Is that why I don't talk to my friends on that? I'm not going to talk eleven thousand friends to play with it any day, any time of day. That would be amazing. <laughs> what is uh What was the first when you when uh, I loved it? This is my favorite question to ask people. When you first started. 
getting – like when you first got like a chunk of money, what was the first – Paid people back. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> oh, really? I paid a lot of people back. Um, uh, but the, what, the first like purchase I made? Yeah, like what was the first thing you're like? Someday when I make a lot of money, I'm gonna buy a. I remember car. the first time like I got a, a balloon car. <laughs> it's a car uh, made out of balloons. Balloons, and you could crash it all day long. <laughs> Everyone's fine. Um, the it car was is an airbag. I a really good idea. Wait a minute, this is a really good idea. Turn the mics off. Let's brainstorm this. Um, it was I, – I don't remember what I bought. I just remember the first time I had – I got a check that was like not something that I was going to have to immediately hand over to a landlord or um, a grocery store. Um, uh, I just remember that feeling of walking down the street, looking in shops in New York going like, I could get that. Yeah. I could get that. <laughs> like seeing a bike in a window and being like, I could get that. Like – and it wasn't a huge check, granted, but it was right. like I could, I could buy something. I could but buy whatever I want, or I could eat whatever I want. I can go to a restaurant, have the biggest meal. I, that was like a big one. Like that filled the hole, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All that knowledge fills uh, the hole. <laughs> <laughs> now I'm completely happy and self-realized and fulfilled. Now that I have money, it's like my life is fantastic, and I'm totally sane. Just saw my shrink for the last Someone time, and he was like, "Off the podcast right now." I was like, "See, I fucking told you, I need money." <laughs> it was the only no, thing. The only the hole was money shaped the whole time. It was shaped like those little bags, those little sacks with the dollar oh, yeah. They throw their phone out. I don't need this anymore. I know the secret to life. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna smash my. <laughs> Whatever. It is weird. I mean, it's you know to talk to you and to see that you are very much a comedy guy. Like even though you're in dry, like, you, I know you're an, as, as oh, an actor, you both. Guy. But you really like your heart seems to be like a comedy. Like, That's comedy what I, I I like to write. I mean, you know, but uh, acting, I like to do both. You know. I'm, I don't subscribe to that thing. Like you have to, you know, you're either doing. Com- I mean, look at like Odenkirk. You know, he does yeah. like, you know, incredible dramatic work. He's also one of the funniest fuckers on the planet. You know, but um, but I think it's you. People should hopefully be able to do both if you're trained or you're whatever. You know, not even trained. If you that's you should want to be able to sort of. Otherwise, I think you'd get bored. You know, like. But as a comedy guy, <clears throat> is all the tabloid stuff weird? Like, can you just not like even wrap your fucking brain <laughs> around it? Yeah, there's uh, there there is something because I think. In comedy, you obviously are looking for things to poke holes in, and I'm sure there's been many times where I've been walking by the you know kiosk and gone like, hey, you know, or you know, <laughs> laughing at the the jerk on the thing, and then you're like, oh, yeah, I'm the jerk on the, no, I'm the jerk. It's not so funny. <laughs> you know, I like, you know, bet that guy has feelings. I bet he's exactly. a real person. You know what? That guy is going through a lot right now. <laughs> Exactly. You know that picture the show he just ended. He was just, he he just scratching his eye. <laughs> Bill Cosby ain't all bad. Oh, oh no! Oh, hang on, <laughs> God, that's not my tablet. <laughs> Don't put me in that. Um, but uh, Leftovers is a rad show too, because uh, I, I, I know Damon Lindelof really well, and he's yeah, a great. He's, he's a really great, great guy. guy. Yeah. And is it? I mean, do you like? Do you like more genre stuff, or does it not matter to you? Is it just like anything that seems challenging? Uh, anything that's challenging, anything that makes you kind of go like, "Ooh, that's scary," or that you feel like you're sort of walking a plank on something, always feels kind of fun. Um, but his, I, it, you know, leftovers is, doesn't feel. I know it's technically sci-fi, I guess, right? Or, yeah. But it, there's sort not of. much sci in it. There's not much. Right. I mean, there's a lot. Of, I mean, to me, it feels like a, you know, an emotional existential family drama or something like that. I mean, I don't know how to, you can't really sum it up in a, really, 
Family five. Family five. E five. Emo five. It's literally like guys. Let's jump on these domain names now. I know. Along with balloon car. Exactly. Did I get the dot TV and the dot biz? Yes, of course. Don't forget dot pizza. You can do that now. Yeah, you can. Oh man, dang it! So crazy. But he seems like his shows, like you know, or the way his brain works. You know, I could never write what he does. I can't do what he does. Like, I look at the scripts and they're a fucking magic trick to me, and I'm just like, I don't know how he did that. Like, I mean, this is really good writing, and this is really you know powerful. You know, there's a lot of powerful stuff that happens in it. Um, so it's really nice to just again get handed it and just go like, all right, now you just go make a face and, and yeah. get in front of the camera. Make a and do face it. You know, exactly like, on this mark. On this mark. <laughs> And cry now. Um, <laughs> we weren't rolling. I just want to see you cry. <laughs> I just want to see you cry. <laughs> oh, Damon likes to see me cry. Um, but yeah, you know, and he, in a weird way, goes through all the torture of writing it, and then um, and then I get to just play it, you know, and that's really fun. Damon also very smartly quit Twitter, which is, I think, important. It's everyone should. Well, not everyone should quit Twitter, but I'm saying like you're not uh, you're not on social no, media. I don't no. do social media. No, no. you're smart. Well, I just I, I don't. You're not going to give away your gamer tag. I know people Instagram. where they treat it like it's a full time job, and I'm like, oh, I have something. Ugh. Yeah, you know, like um, I think it was smart that he quit Twitter. Yeah. It's like reading reviews, you know what I mean? And and at a certain point, the you know, it, it it you have to remember, like you know, whatever you're making or whatever you're creating or whatever you're putting out in the world, it's not a democracy. Everyone doesn't. People will vote with whether they watch or sure. not watch or whatever, and you'll you can look at those the data. Um, but I think if you get hung up in sort of checking in on yourself, um, it can be a really soul-crushing. Yeah, oh, gonna, boy. No, no. God, oh, what, what is it? <laughs> what is it? It's, just um, it's that thing. Of, it, it can be soul-crushing if, you, you know, if, if you're – if you're just letting so many voices get at you, you know, I don't understand why. Anyone. And it is, I think it is impossible. Well, I think it's impossible for almost any human being to not be affected by it. But I think in particular performers, because performers by nature are sensitive because you, yeah. you are, you know, a- any artist is sensitive because yeah. that's, you kind of soak up the world and re-express it. And that's an innate sensitivity. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, so when if people are shitty and people are like, we, 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 and they get sensitive. real shitty, real like, shitty. And it's usually a non, I mean, it's like, it's, that's just not. It's I don't know. I I wish people would put their names on you know, like, yeah. because it's like you know you just uh, it's, hey Craig it's Justin Thoreau <laughs> exactly just calling to say fuck yourself <laughs> saying fuck yourself motherfucker thought your shit sucked this week <laughs> yeah exactly um, yeah I don't know I don't get it yeah I mean I think it's you know it, it is it's hard not to be affected by stuff and 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 if you have to if you don't have to do it I completely understand I mean I I don't you know. For me, it is a lot of the work that I do is based around it. But I also, but I really do like connecting. I mean, I do. It like makes it. I know it's absolutely worth connecting with fans. I think, and or or not, or even critics, obviously. But I think you know I have enough friends and family members that I can, I can connect with them, get honest opinions and things like that. I'm not going to give some you know six year old woman uh, in the Midwest you know like a vote on whether she really liked this or hated that or thought this <laughs> joke went too far or. You know, and it happens anyway. You know, but yeah. it's just it's it's whether you're going to. But you shine don't have some, to hear about it. I don't have to hear this quack quack in my ear. <laughs> yeah, but but I, I don't think uh, when I think about South Park, I think you know S- South Park essentially delightfully violates everything totally. that is. You I know, know. they're it, like the last bastion, bastion of people of, who are yeah. just kind of doing whatever they want. This Wednesday, yeah. police you violence know. they're taking on. Yeah, I mean, it, and the show like a, in 19 seasons is still fucking amazing. Yeah, it gets better, but they just yeah, it gets better. It's fucking crazy. I just don't give a fuck. You see it in comedy in particular, this sort of, uh, 
this sort of politically correct swing that happens and, you know, only saying words by their first letter and, you know, things like that. And it's discouraging because you think, well, you know, or I've always believed, you know, like let – if there's a word you don't want to say, like let it be ugly in the right context. You know, let it – let uh, if there's a word that's – that mm. is a sensitive word, you know, or yeah. a joke that might go too far. You know, if you – if it's interesting. I just got to meet uh, Mel Brooks for the first time. We were talking about like political correctness and he was like, you just have to make sure the joke is aimed at the right person, you know, and you can say whatever the fuck you want, you know, like. I don't know if he said. Fuck. I saw, <laughs> uh, he said the f word. Sorry, sorry, the f word. Um, <laughs> he said, "Make it whatever the fuck you want, you little pussy." <laughs> Wait, what? Why? Then he yeah, beat the shit out of me. Beat the shit But it's that thing, you know, where you want people to laugh. You know, as long as the the joke is aimed at the right place and it's not a cruel joke just for the sake of being. I saw cruel. him. There was a picture of Mel Brooks very recently. It might have been getting a star on the Walk of Fame or something like the something, some event where he just did the Hitler. Put the finger up at the mustache <laughs> and did the Heil Hitler thing, and you just look at it and you go, "Oh, Mel Brooks!" Oh, no. I know, totally. <laughs> it's like you're, you're I the know. best. <laughs> but if, like you know, Courtney Kardashian did yeah, yeah. it, it'd be like, "Oh, wow, oh, wow. gosh, yeah, yeah." But <laughs> Mel, you burned it. You know, I don't know if I ever see that happening. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. Sure that's exactly. I don't, yeah. don't know if that's going to happen. That's the beauty of Mel Brooks, though. He's yeah, well, Mel can do. Mel can do anything. Mel, I think Mel can do no wrong. Mel's Mel's amazing, and and and, and you know the fact that he's still. Working, you know, mm. after 60 yeah. years of, I mean, it's so inspiring. Yeah. Do you ever worry that you're like, oh, I don't know, maybe I, maybe I got like 10 good working years left, <laughs> no. and then I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I just usually, I don't think too much. I don't, I'm like a dog. I don't really think too far into the future. <laughs> I'm just like, if I'm walking down the street, I'm like, I'm walking down the street right now. This will never end. Um, no, I don't go too, I don't think too far in the future, because then I start to stress out, mm. you know, or at least... Definitely you seem good at avoiding situations that would that other people get absorbed into that create stress, like worrying about what's going to like worrying about ten years from now, or worrying about social media, or worrying about. Do you do you? I, it sounds like you actively cut out the stressors. I think. I mean, I know that I'm high strung enough that if I don't do that, I'll do myself a big disservice, and I'll start getting too in my head. You know mm-hmm. about you know if, if I was writing something. And reading in real time how people were reacting to it, um, I would I would never sit down at my desk again. I would get really petrified of like, oh, and that, you know, because those voices stick. You know, like you can you can say like, I just read, I don't really care. It doesn't matter that much. But you know, I've scrolled to the comment section a couple times before, and I, like I still remember them. You know, it's like oh, I'm not doing that again. <laughs> like, it's like opening the Ark of the Covenant. Yeah, exactly. Gave their eyes Your face just melts. Just melting. That's beautiful. <laughs> <That's> a- <laughs> Exactly. So, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I just don't do it, you know. Like, and uh, and I'm happier as a result usually. What are you? Are you watching anything like right now that you that no, you like? Not really. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. I always feel like I should be watching more stuff, but it's there's there's so much out there's there so now to watch. To watch. And I, every second friend is saying, like, "You got to download four mm-hmm. seasons of it," and you're just like, "Oh boy." I can't, you know. Go play Call of Duty. Exactly. I need to relax. I'm just going to um, respawn. <laughs> Five million times. Um, yeah. So I can't, I, I'm trying to think what I watch for real. I mean, it's going to sound like, I watch the news a lot. Um, but I do. Don't, I, don't do I, that. I, That's I, the most stressful. Go fuck most yourself, news boy. That's the most stressful. I'm really a lot of PBS documentaries right now. <laughs> and I'm like reading a lot of books. Like I'm just, like, I'm crazy for books right now. Um no, I, I I watch like you know some garbage TV, some you know like you know a little little of both. Sure. Know. 
Nothing, I mean, there, nothing like I'm not going to be able to go on about any one particular show. It is stressful of how much stuff there is to consume. consume. Yeah. That it feels like, oh my God, if I don't watch this, I'm not going to be part of this conversation that everyone's having. And then yeah, I don't exactly. know what to do. But I also find those conversations, even when I have watched it, incredibly boring. Sitting there recounting a thing that happened better the night before right. when you saw it. And I go, like, you know, it's cool. You go, hey, did you see the thing? Yeah, it's really cool. Oh, I love this part. I love that part too. That was really cool. You know, and. If someone hasn't watched it at the dinner table, you know, like it just bores the pants off people, or they start they feel obliged to start telling you what the show's about. And it's like, well, don't paraphrase, you know, what a great show. You know, it's like I don't know if you're paraphrasing some great movie. You know, it's like, oh, you haven't seen Citizen Kane? I think okay. the leftovers but it opens up on his like sled. You don't really know why the sleds are there. You're like, oh god, it's really about leftovers when you think about it. Like everyone, there I just is draw like, everything back to my own show. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, I'm, I missed the second uh, last God damn season it, of, Justin, uh, I am tired of having Reagan. dinner with you. <laughs> exactly. You know, we even watched Citizen It's a lot like the King. leftovers. <laughs> <laughs> Xanadu. What? Oh, that was a great movie. Sure. Olivia Newton-John, that was Come yeah. on. It wasn't Xanadu? a great movie. It was a... Actually, no. It was a, a really that was a movie. That was a movie. That was a, <laughs> that was a thing now, where that a bunch is, happened. Now, this was a movie, guys. That was a thing where a bunch of people got together. They and showed you committed to act to wherever we go. We bring up Xanadu. We demand <laughs> from now on. 24 pictures every second. <laughs> Gene Kelly's last movie. <laughs> was it his last movie? Yes, sure was. It was his last movie. So your uh, social assignment for the next week is to bring up Xanadu in <laughs> as many conversations as possible. Like, but bring it up like you're talking about Breaking Bad. Like, yeah. Just be like, no, you guys, you're, you've missed it. Like the whole thing, like the last scene is just, there's nothing better. Yeah, it's a, it's all about. Uh, it's very political. The movie's very political. <laughs> very it's political. all about invasion. There's yeah. a subsurface. You can almost watch it on any level. It's like three dimensional chess. You know? I love yeah. that when Xanadu throws that pizza up on the Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> when Xanadu's being chased in, our, in the underwear by the. <laughs> Xanadu's not a person in the nope. movie. Nope. Have you seen the movie Xanadu? I've never seen Breaking Bad or Xanadu. You haven't seen Breaking Bad? I'm beautifully well-versed in all things. I can reference socially by knowing the key points of them and making jokes about them. And then everyone thinks I watch everything. I've never seen Walking Dead. I've never watched Xanadu. I've never matter. seen Walking Dead either. <laughs> that would be I just amazing. Fi- <laughs> you guys. All right, everyone turn up your radios um, and your computers. Guys, I'm about to talk to you about Walking Dead. No, I won't. Yeah, every week I just, I just pretend. Uh, that would be fantastic i just go if i was if i if i were you and this is why i'm not you i would be like could you just like tell me what the episode's about <laughs> exactly. and then i would just go bullshit <laughs> <laughs> i'd never do that i know you wouldn't but i'm just saying i would and that's why i have I'm a code matt right <laughs> take my word seriously you have the after show code I have the after show code the oath it's like i've been to war <laughs> no i don't think but it do is. you can how much do you consume you what how much of your week is spent consuming new shows because um, you're generating five new shows a week, it's <laughs> it's it's um, I get a little bit. Of, I get a couple hours at night when I go home, and um, my fiance and I will just watch something. You rub one out together. Yeah, we rub one out together. <laughs> to <laughs> the leftovers, and we're back hey! on topic. <laughs> the worst jerk yeah, off show they- ever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those people disappeared. Yeah, usually they could do this in like three minutes. <laughs> this took fifty six. Took like the full hour, and then I still needed a break. I just met that guy. I thought this would be weirder, but for some reason, it makes it easier. <laughs> so strange. Yeah, no, we try to we try to cram you know, like we cram something in. Uh, God damn it, we watch a thing um, uh, anally. No, uh, we, <laughs> we watch a thing. You watch, watch a thing. We you watch it with the wrong eye. We tuck it in the bed. Really, get the sheets perfect. <laughs> <laughs> we we try, like at night for like an hour or two before we go to sleep. We'll watch like we're like an hour watching a thing, 
that was a, a British show that was pulled onto A and E called The Enfield Haunting. Mm-hmm. Right now, just a three part British miniseries mm-hmm. about a book. haunting based on real events. <laughs> three parts. Good luck. Real events. <laughs> real and events. Uh, yeah, so we 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 like we'll cramp. But but when it comes up against. Uh, you know, like, oh, hey, let's just start the wire. Like, I we're not, we don't yeah, really that's start. Where I start to go out of my. I did it with Damon actually when when I first got the job. I was not a Lost fan, and sure. I remember being like, and I was like, yeah, I should probably watch some of this. What's all the hubbub? And I got, I literally started watching it at home uh, with my wife and putting it on up on the thing, and we got like five, and I'm like, wow, this is a really intense show. And then I was like, how many of these are there? And there was like two hundred, <laughs> and, and I was like, oh no, fuck, it's this. like seven like, seasons, full time job. Like, yeah. I'm not gonna. Just so, watch uh, the season opener, season finale of every season. You're fine. Yeah, kind of. I honestly think, yeah, you could you could watch first. Yeah, you could what, do first, last, and like one in between. Yeah, you could do first. Last, I actually kind of did that. I tried to skip around a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I'm super lost. I don't know. To... That's exactly what he wanted. You could have watched. Lost. You get lost. You can just what? watch enough episodes to be like, yeah, what was going on with uh, you know? Where you can, and then you're wondering <laughs> yeah, what Black story Rock. was the leftovers. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> For back to pizza. Would you would um, you want to write television ever? Would you want to? I would like to write tell. Although I see how tortured Damon gets by it. Um, uh, I would want to write. I have a couple ideas actually that I, I am working on. Uh, just, but I'd like I like that short format. I think like I there's I'd love to do like a sort of a true detective t- style format, like a, but a contained comedy thing. Like, sure. So like an you know whatever eight episode of of something you know it's just a it's a it's got a beginning a middle and an mm-hmm. end and then if it makes sense to do another one because that's the thing that i think not damn but any tv people who really produce long running shows you know i think they must get exhausted and just and then they start farming it out and they can't really keep their fingers on it in the same way and it and it eventually gets kind of i think you know, model mealy and well. It's, I think the biggest challenge with the long running series, the sort of good news, bad news of getting a, is what you're gonna do with all that money. I mean, <laughs> exactly. Well, Nothing because you're gonna about. be fucking working the entire time. You <laughs> no. will not have a minute exactly. to spend any. That's of like it. people who do like 22 episodes a year. You're just like, oh my god, yeah, you're taking like a ton of money. But oh my god, you pay for it. With <laughs> well, time. because I think you have to have. I think the challenge is you have to have a clear enough vision to sort of understand, like, okay, this is what I want the show to ultimately do. But because you're a human being, you're going to grow and change and evolve. Yeah. And, you know, what if by season three you're like, oh, my God, I don't think any of that shit anymore. <laughs> I now know. i got to figure out how to get out of this. Well, I think it's a – I mean, I'm, I'm, I know myself well enough to know that I'm not – I would never be able to pay that much attention to one topic for an extended period of time. I mean, I do it in my own kind of right. Like, I'll, by the time I'm done with a movie or something, I'm I'm done. I don't want to revisit that. That's I don't why your go true back detective format's great for you. I know it I would be. That's good. Um, just a real quick in and out. You know, a, a big star-studded comedy yeah, all-star. Something that you could just kind of you know, um, something you could wrap your arms around. Sort of even writing ten episodes of something, I think, must just be a bear. Like just to think, oh my god, I got it for, for hour long for I sure. I just outlined. I was going to outline 12 episodes of a show that we're pitching, and I, in the pitch document, like the producers were like, yeah, just outline the season. And I was like, all right. And then I got into it, and then I just started doing the outline. And then by eight, I was like, that's it. And then I went to the top of the document and went, eight episodes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I've said everything I need to say, basically. Yeah, it's true. I mean, it, uh, I honestly, I don't know. I mean, having to write, I mean, Vince Gilligan did an amazing job, but he kind of yeah. had a pretty... I think you... Ha- I mean, the, the thing is, I think... And I, I don't, I'm literally... This is totally armchairing, and I don't know what it's like to be in a writer's room for six years writing Monday morning QB, go like for that. it. But I, I think... Um, 
a lot of these guys have to write, you know, into the darkness. They don't know where the hell something's going to go. Mm-hmm. And I think they have to get re-inspired by their next season or their next whatever or new characters or you know, something that has to shift in them. Um, you know, if I was doing some, writing some sort of cop procedural or something, I would just want to kill, you know, like, just like, oh, my God, that would be the worst, to me, the worst gig yeah. ever because – you know, a lot of those networks there like just don't leave the precinct. You know, just keep it in the precinct. <laughs> we want to build these sets and just dust them off once a year. You know, and I think that would be mind numbing. You know? I think that's just the. I think that's a different type of. That's where you're like, you know, I just want to go in and well, just refill the, just slightly change a yeah. thing each week, but everything's yeah. basically the entire same. first season of Cheers. They never left the bar. They don't leave the bar that often for the rest of the series. I mean, occasionally they'll go to like oh, Sam's they apartment. Well, eventually they, they went to Frasier's That's house. Right. <laughs> oh my God, did you just find a fellow Cheers Frasier fan? <laughs> oh my God, I used to love Frasier. I love Frasier. I do too. Kevin Smith and I do a podcast about Frasier. I'm not kidding. Are you serious? It's oh called Talk Salad and Scrambled Eggs. Uh, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We provide See audio what you're commentary oh my no one God. asked for. See what you're missing? <laughs> <Frasier. laughs> Why did you guys cancel the Tampa show? We can We had to reschedule because Kevin's mother was not going to be in Tampa at the time. She was oh. going northeast to see her Got family. <laughs> so we're rescheduling the Tampa show, Just but we're doing. Boston, you know, we're doing Pasadena December fifth, uh, Brea Improv on December twenty eighth, and we'll be at the Melrose Improv New Year's Eve December thirty first with special guest Justin Thoreau, <laughs> hey, the biggest Fraser Frazier fan in the world. Biggest Frazier fan in the world. What about? Uh, what about a – oh, my God. You, Netflix would jizz all over themselves if you guys would do a Tropic Thunder miniseries. It would be great. I mean, if, if anyone has an idea, you can uh, hit me on Insta. Um, <laughs> Don't ever say that again. <laughs> how, do they, how do they hit you on Insta? Just a comment. Uh, the, oh, that's not how it works. You can comment in the thread. <laughs> yeah, just like throw it up there somewhere. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would love to – I mean, I'd love to do something just – Funny. Do you yeah. have stuff that you're, you're? I have some stuff that obviously you don't want to talk about because it's boring to talk about stuff that doesn't exist yet. But when uh, when it does exist, I'll I'll come back. I'll say talk about it. Did you find that um, after you started to after people started to like tabloids started to take things out of context or use? Do you find yourself more careful? In, like, do you find yourself more aware oh, in yeah. public or more aware of what For you sure. say? For sure, yeah. Because you can just. I mean, I don't. They can. I mean, you know, it's it it's. They could just they twist things all the time, you know, like either with a photo or whatever. You know, they'll they'll just there's these wacky there's a wacky couple out there named Jen and Justin, and they write about them all day long. And I there's nothing to do with what I do or anything. Like. I always I was liking it to uh, if someone said, "Hey, would you guys want to be on a reality show?" and you were like, "Nope." And the tabloids are like, well, we're going to do it anyway. Yeah, forget about it. Even... Whether you like it or not, it's happening. <laughs> they're stuck in a room. they got to figure out choice. what's right. Like zero residuals. <laughs> so it's literally the worst of the worst. <laughs> we did the worst deal on this one. <laughs> so uh, here's the thing. You're going to get paid nothing. Get paid and we're going to talk about you. It's humiliating. Uh, <laughs> and it's not, hate it. None of it's going to be true. <laughs> and, and you have to drive yourself. <laughs> it's a self-drive. <laughs> exactly. And uh, there's no cater. Um, yeah, it's, it is that thing. I've always equated to it. There's just there's it's like you know popping out an avatar who is the most insane person on the planet, <laughs> who's constantly like storming in and out of places and and you know crying in drugstores and you know like just like it's just this most crazy person you could possibly invent. And there you. you know? <laughs> well, 
it's kind of like, you know, you know like, like, I mean, if, if honestly, if, if someone should actually do this, like chart, you could do it with anyone sort of in the way yeah. it would, it would just be like this per, and then have them diagnosed. Like, yeah. Bring all the stories to like a doctor, oh, everyone like a shrink or something and be like, what is it? They'd be like, this person is borderline personality, schizophrenic, bipolar. Uh, and they, you know. Oh, whatever. that's so interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, because I mean, it is one of the things that I enjoy about doing the podcast is that I think it helps show general public that people like yourself are not just one dimensional creatures. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh my God, the guy's a person yeah. with feelings, with feelings and, and flesh thoughts? and blood. Yeah. And yeah. His own aspirations. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, I think people, you know, what's the always shocking to me is that people, and I, it's not, it's not that they believe it maybe. Cause I think that everyone looks at them and goes, Oh, well, you know, like, I mean, this is such bullshit, but I am definitely going to read this cover to cover. Um, <laughs> And I was just actually on an airplane, and um, and this and it's always actually slow with down, fancy rich boy. You were on an airplane, <laughs> yeah. one right. of those flying machines not in the air. Just in Ox tube. cart, not good enough for you. <laughs> Metal tube, just going through the atmosphere <laughs> like you do. Um, yeah, and it's always stewardesses who are always like, you know, be good to her, you know, or something yeah. like that. And you're like, I don't even know you, dude. Like, yeah. what are you saying shit like this to me for? Like, don't you break yeah, her heart? Exactly. What are you talking what about? You, you don't know either I of us. She's on a plane, and literally, like, uh, there was some stewardess sitting at the front, and I went up to go to the bathroom, and she, like, literally had a magazine open to something about it. And she, uh, like, put it under her so quick, like, she was looking at porn or something. She was just like, oh, hey, hey. And I was like, hey, what's going on? Do you, know, do you know what fuck with people are like, you reading about me? Yeah, <laughs> reading about me. Huh? <laughs> huh, that. Yeah. You like that magazine? <laughs> oh, it's good, right? It's real good. <laughs> it's just so strange. They write it like, uh, so like Ron Howard comes up with movies. You know how he, like, he does movies based on a picture? Like he sees a picture in a photography book and he goes, I'm going to do a movie about that. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, it's just idea boards. Yeah, exactly. Image boards. How do they get away with it, though? Like how does it – do they just assume like, well, some of the time we're going to get sued and then – we have lawyers in place for that, and we have money set aside. I mean, it's like I don't know. I mean, like, how do you just make I mean, up the stuff first? About- well, you know, the First Amendment in this country is extremely strong. You but know, like- but there's a difference between an opinion and saying this thing happened. Well. You know, they, they, I guess they have lawyers that skate yeah. this thing and, and they, they know, they know how to sort of, you know, well, oh, you know what it is? It's actually, it's, it's a source. Yeah, that's exactly That's right. exactly how they Even if the source like, was like, the source could be someone who, you know. Hey, just make up a thing so I can say you're yeah, a source. Literally. Source could that, be that, that is a source. That's a, that's technically a source. Yeah. So they go like, you know. So-and-so you don't have said. Have anything. So, a source said. And then, and then you send to the lawyer after them and you go like, who's the source? And they're like, we don't have to reveal our source. Like they're fucking, you know, the Washington Post. We're the fourth state bitch. Yeah, exactly. Like. They're like Woodward and Bernstein or some shit. And it is kind of funny because I think some people go like, oh, well, if you didn't want this, you shouldn't have gotten into it. I don't know if that was part of the deal when I was just trying to yeah, make exactly. things. Well, also, it's like it's only, you know, I'm always like, well, listen, why when John Updike was alive, weren't they chasing him down the street with a million photographers? It's like he, it, was, he, boring. Was, he was boring. He's an author. So it's like it's only his <laughs> face was weird. Movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know? That white haired jerk. I've never seen <laughs> no Stephen King on the out. cover of uh, In Touch. Or, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> Just doesn't, and he's arguably one of the most famous people in the world. Stephen King's holiday recipes. <laughs> holiday recipes. I'd read that. I know. Stephen King's holiday ends in tears. I've got some spooky snacks for this Halloween. <laughs> oh and for Christmas, too. Banger Maine. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I guess. Banger Maine. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. Is it Bangor? Yeah, it's Bangor. Yeah, Banger Maine. Is, you said it fine. I'll but take just bang. the oh idea that Stephen King would 
punctuate all of his sentences by saying banger man <laughs> made me laugh. No, oh, that's, that's what he you would do. You made me laugh. I'm sorry. That's what he would do. No, you please don't apologize. stupid comedian. And you made me laugh. Go to hell. I know. I'm sorry. I apologize. <laughs> what? Why'd you laugh? Why'd you laugs? never happen again. It'll never happen again. You're right. I'm not laughing. At did you ever try? Did you ever try stand up? Did you ever? Was that? No, God. No, that's uh, that's a whole other thing. like. It takes me a long time to construct a joke, let alone tell it. So, like, I think it's the most terrifying job in the world. It's like I, I would f- never want to do. I mean, it's just horrifying. But it's a hoot. It's a hoot if you if you're good at it, I would imagine. But if you're not, no, good I'm not at very it, good at it. <laughs> I stuck at it. Um, I seem to recall. I think in 1991. I don't know. I'm telling you this because there's, the not, way there's back nothing machine. that you can say. I mean, like, there's no response really for this, but. Um, it, in 1991, a friend of mine was on a show with your wife, a sketch comedy show on Fox. Yeah, called, called uh, The Edge. Edge. Yeah, it was Julie Brown. Yeah, red haired Julie Brown. Yep, not downtown not Julie downtown Brown, downtown who it turns Julie out Brown. did not get a comedy show on Fox. <laughs> Thankfully, yeah, yet. my friend Rick Overton was on, and it was like it was an ensemble. It was a sketch yeah. co- when they when people were still making sketch comedy yeah. shows. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, and she was super fucking funny. Yeah, she's funny the fucking like sketch like yeah. c- sketch comedy funny. Yeah, she's properly funny. You know, like uh, just as a person, like she has a good sense of humor. She was funny over ten years of a giant program. What you know, but which, which which one? Frasier. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, eleven, 11 she years. Roz. Eleven exactly. years. She played the character of Roz. <laughs> oh my god, she's awesome. no, but I but a but chameleon. but I think I think being but I think being funny on a sitcom doesn't always mean that you are going to be funny, like in a sketch comedy situation or like in in other types of comedy situations. True, but I mean, she she developed her chops. I think uh, on a bunch of shows. You know, she was on a, a couple pilots and failed. To, you know, so. She had sort of cut her teeth on a bunch of other stuff, you know. Um, Isn't it amazing how long you can go in this business where, and then all of a sudden something pops and people are like, "Rising star!" And you're like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I was like ten years. I was, 10 years I was about to give life. up. <laughs> totally. <laughs> I see that actually just the, the stand-up comedy. You see it a lot. Like, there's a lot of stand-up comedians that go to do sitcoms and they fail miserably at it because they can't get out of their own patter or they can't or they're they're not they're great at stand-up but they're not great at part at, of that. At, I think. At, is, at, Playing the character that they are saying they're going to play. I think or part of that has to do with, you know, a, a, being a stand-up is not being a, really a team player. Yeah. I think that's why it's difficult for, for stand-ups to do improv, yeah. which is all about, you, you know, like as a stand-up, you don't, you don't have to rely on anyone else, but also that means you don't rely on anyone else. Yeah. And so you're used to controlling everything. You're used everything. to creating your own, uh, yeah. your own oxygen in the room and, and, and modulating it. As opposed to trusting other, you know, as, as, yeah. as opposed to being a, a I think that's what, like, any great sitcom does is, you know, you're laddering the, laddering the ball all the day long and mm-hmm. passing and, you know, and knowing when to, you know, give the other person the space. Did you ever do a sitcom? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, I always don't even want to say it because I don't want it to ever pop up. But it was, it was. Um, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. I remember doing it and going like, like right. But when we were about to tape it, going, this is not funny. There's nothing funny in this. And then the guy going like, no, it's going to be great. Like, trust me, people are going to laugh. I'm like, there's not, there's nothing. There's not that many funny things in this. And the first line I had, like, it was like. <laughs> laughter like like i was like oh my god like that was just a you know clapper joke or something it was something so you know sort of pedestrian and going like oh my god and they laughed throughout the entire taping and so i assume you broke the scene until everyone they were fucking lying <laughs> yeah i was like you stop laughing. laughing no i just couldn't believe people were laughing at and going and laughing that hard and going wow this is an alternate and i remember seeing the cut together thing of it and going like this is like w- watching like german abstract 
expressionism <laughs> on film on a four camera set. It just didn't make any sense to me. I felt out of place wow. doing it. I didn't like it. And you didn't, wasn't a fan. weren't a fan. weren't a fan. Of, wasn't a fan of myself. How much of the? How much of time? How much of your year does the leftovers take up? Six months. Oh, that's not bad. It's not terrible. No, that's not bad. I oh, got six yeah. months left over. Thank you. Oh, oh my God, <laughs> Matt! This oh. guy will oh, give me a break. Oh, See you at the brain from <laughs> December twenty eighth. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so six months is plenty of time to you know, start writing other stuff. I have a lot of time to fill writing, and it, it, it's actually kind of a perfect balance. Like you get some good acting time in, and you get some good writing time in, and it, it's a good way to divide your, or at least for me, divide my time. Do you have to? I, I'm asking this for myself. Uh, do you? Do you? How do you find? Like, do you have to create couple time? Like, do you have to create? Like, hey, we really just need to create time to just be together and not. You know, when two people have crazy schedules. Yeah, for sure. But it doesn't feel like it's a – it just takes more planning because you have to go like, okay – and when you're doing a TV schedule, sometimes they don't have the week in front of them or the month or whatever. You know, so you, if you find a, a window of you know four days, you're like, All right, I got to just jump on a plane and go or she has to jump on a plane and go. or you know. So when you find those little moments, you have to just capitalize on them. Yeah. Yeah. I- I, I am asking because I'm trying to figure out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to figure it out. I'm I don't know. I mean, I I think it's and you also. I mean, fortunately, you know, Leftovers Ensemble. So I would have little bursts of time off. Um, uh, you know, when they're doing those sort of specialty episodes, or for example, you know, I'll have five days off or a week off, um, and then writing is my own schedule. You know, uh, so. I can, which I can, is also a curse. I know, <laughs> but I'm pretty disciplined about you. You right. Start it during the day, in the morning, or at night. Day, like I have to write in the morning. I start around ten, and then and it's a pretty short day usually. And then in the morning again, I rewrite, and then you know go away. That's good. That's good discipline business. I feel like it's hard to write late at night. I'm a night writer. Really? Oh, oh my god! Yes. I'm the night writer. <laughs> a Mad Max instead quote. Of a, instead of a car, you're <laughs> talking cars. Night Industries 2000. <laughs> I'm just eating chips at two yeah, o'clock right, in the morning. Right I'm imagining the guy from Mad Max. He's like, I'm the night rider. <laughs> that's me. Here I come. Woo! <laughs> on the rubber road. <laughs> I'm the I'm the bouncy guitar guy. <laughs> you you like that sort of weird, eerie quiet in the middle of the? I do. When my when my wife is in town, I write at night. When she's gone, I get the house to myself and I write during the day. It's weird, like but like you know, I'll spend time with her when she gets home from work, and then I usually will put her to bed, and I'll be like, "So you're alone basically all day." <laughs> it, it's also, a, your wife is twelve. I'll put her to bed. <laughs> I know. I'm going to read you a story. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to read you, you some of my jokes. <laughs> no, but it's like put sometimes I right don't like take my shoes off. I just go and I, you know, we chit chat and then you know, good night, good night, yeah. and then I head out to, over to my office and I'll do that sometimes if you have yeah. a good idea or something. Or something you're like, oh, that's oh, I don't really that element. I don't have. <laughs> I, don't, I don't worry about that. No. Do you? Do usually, you, it's just a big <laughs> white wall up in my head. <laughs> Occasionally, I scribble on that wall. Come on, final draft time. <laughs> Give me a template. Yeah, will final draft just write these damn things. Got <laughs> a lot of dicks on that wall. No I did stumble upon last night. I literally stumbled upon Final Draft's name database. Have you stumbled upon? Oh that? yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like, if get you, them to read your. Are you sometimes. so like I have? That's, that's hilarious. Like the too. worst. Like. Cut, like that really oh god! You can give it a comedy. female voice or male voice. It's a it'll crazy, read your like it'll read like, your sort of Stephen Hawking style. Yeah. Like oh, that's like, amazing! Really hitting yeah. those beats really the way you want to punches it up. Uh, but like the uh, it'll it's just like to me it's hilarious that you're so hard up to come up with a fucking name <laughs> that you need a n- database of ninety thousand names. <laughs> 
I guess I'm going to go with John. <laughs> Again. <laughs> well, you gotta, everyone in the script has a different letter. That way you can type real quick. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Oh, because you're just I doing... I usually go nationality, and then I'll, I'll be like, oh, yeah, well, this is a Russian character. Um, and then you look up like just on the internet like sure. Russian names, and then yeah. you just you know Ivan Ivanovich, whatever it is, and <laughs> yeah. go through and pick one out and mix and match. Is that how Iron Man Two happened? <laughs> that's how we got Whiplash. Sweep <laughs> 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 cats out of the bag. Non-disclosure agreement is no longer. Ah uh, shit! <laughs> exactly. Uh, I hope that expired. Those expire, right? The NDAs expire exactly. at a certain point. You can say whatever you yeah, want. That's how I got Iron Man. Like just, oh, the guy's made of iron, iron, iron. He's a like, man, man, man. Uh, I guess it should just be Iron Man. I don't know. Originally, it was Iron Man, man. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure Stan Lee was pitching it in the room and they were like, we gotta come up with a better name. Jack, I want you to drive a man made of iron. He's a man. Iron Man Man. <laughs> iron Man Man. I don't know, Stan. <laughs> it has to be Iron Man Man. <laughs> iron Man Stan, you're hurting me. Like, <laughs> you said that about Spider-Man Man. Spider-Man <laughs> 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 was the same thing, too. Oh, Remember God we had this damn. thing before? <laughs> same thing with Batman Man. I would watch a series of sketches of Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Fighting it out, fighting over names, and him stealing credit for everything. Uh, (laughs) I would watch that. Excelsior! Uh, As we're sort of wrapping this up, we're in an hour. Oh my god, Justin Thoreau! This is just this is just so much to talk about. I don't like it. Um, Do you do you is do you think it's important to not talk about work in a relationship, or do you think it's important to talk about everything in a relationship? Like, I'm really helping you out. Well, he, is, <laughs> um, he is really no, like asking like, for tips. Do you know why? <laughs> do you know why? Because I, I've, uh, I, I'm, I'm getting married next year, in like nine months, and so I've been hitting up all of my friends or people that I meet that are, you know, relatively, basically all, all lengths of relationship, mm-hmm. and I'm just asking questions because I'm genuinely. What does curious. your wife do? Is she in the bills? She is in the bills as well. And, uh, I don't know. I think there has to be a healthy uh, interest in other things. Uh, you know, it's like if you work at a coal mine all day, you don't sit there and talk about, you know, like coal, you know, when you get home. So I think there's, you know, when it comes to like, hey, this is what's happening in my life and this is what I'm, I'm excited about this project or that, running things by and checking in and, and getting their opinion is, I think, incredibly valuable. But I think you have to have other interests outside of just uh, your work because if you're only communicating on work, it just, you'll start to, you know, want to kill yourself. It you can know, be or, very hard to do, though, because I think as humans, we just basically deal with whatever is right in front of us yeah. all the time, and so when you're doing that, all, true, you know, all the time, like, true. How do you step outside? Well, I guess it's also the relationships that you're of the people you're working with, and going like, yeah, and this at the office kind of stuff. Um, but I think it's also just healthy to talk about politics, or whatever you know, the other stuff that matters more. You know, sometimes you know, like in the world. I don't know. What if it just turned out she was a staunch Ben Carson supporter? Justin said to talk about politics and it totally tore us <laughs> apart. <laughs> she liked that painting in his house. She thought it really captured his essence. <laughs> it does. Well, you talk about the does. Jesus painting? The, the Jesus painting and the oil portrait of himself is oh, also God. fantastic. Oh, yeah, fantastic. The Jesus painting? Were we, were was that a live challenge today? Should have been. It was. Where we referenced uh, the, how they just went on their spa retreat mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. And Jesus. And that yeah. Was the picture. Uh, yeah, I don't remember it was a... It was a life challenge. It was on the show for sure today, though. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, it, there haven't been any problems yet at all, which is amazing. But I'm yeah. just trying to plan. I'm trying to figure out how to. I think don't plan. The you good ones shoot the good from ones, the hip. Chris, there aren't problems in the good ones. The shoot good from ones the hip are sort and shoot of... from the mouth and shoot from no, the I heart. No, I know, but but <laughs> but it is important. I feel like it is important. You know, like you do. 
I think at a certain point in a relationship, if you've been together for a long time, you you do start to get a little lazy because you're just used to yeah, you know. And it does it, and I believe that it does take, you know, you have to put the time and care. Into I will a say that be, uh, for me at least, and I'm speaking only for myself, be aware of how much you're complaining. Because if you're complaining, I mean, look, we all have pretty blessed lives. If if you find yourself coming just using her or as a sounding board for complaints, yeah, that gets real old real quick. That's probably know? one of the most valuable pieces of information because yeah. I know I have been in relationships in the past where I did do that, but I didn't realize it till afterwards. Yeah. Like, oh, I was just so you should, oh, I was doing should, that literally last night, and then I stopped myself and I said, I just want to say I'm sorry, yeah, for just laying all my frustrations yeah. on you with my day and and then she and then she's like that's okay because i have complaints too i'm married to this really annoying guy <laughs> exactly. who won't shut up about his dumb problems uh, all right that's old business i'm asking for new business at this meeting a friend of mine was once uh having an argument with his wife and um and and um and she was complaining about something and um and he was like oh god like this has got to stop and blah, blah blah and and she looked at him and she goes all right look I, you know what? You can be like this, but I just really need a friend right now. Can you just talk to me like I'm a friend? And he goes, "Okay." My wife is driving me fucking crazy right now. <laughs> One of my all-time they favorite had to have real retort. Yeah, they, they had did to have laugh at that. They have a good laugh. laugh. Is your friend Tony can Soprano? You just talk to me like a friend? <laughs> yep, his friends with the big character Tony exactly. Soprano. I know. Who, as far as we know, is still sitting in that coffee shop. Yeah, we whacked her. Yeah, he's fine. Yeah. Uh, well, um, so leftovers. Is uh, when is the leftovers? Uh, it's what is, airing. Uh, I mean, I know people Sunday probably watch HBO. Airing. Go, HBO Sunday now. nights, yeah. everyone. It's airing forever. Um, it's uh, <laughs> airing. Uh, it just got a forever pickup. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I think it's we're on episode seven now. Uh, six or seven? Yeah. Excellent. It's just aired. Uh, it was really lovely talking to yeah, you. Yeah, nice Thank you so much too. for coming in and chatting. Thanks for and, having me. It's nice to see you're just oh. a you're just a person. Yeah, just drinking kombucha. Just like drinking you do, kombucha and, and chewing like that, uh, <laughs> Do you like it? <laughs> do I like the, the Nicorette gum? Yeah. yeah, it's like I'm addicted to it. It's <laughs> <laughs> but I know some people will chew it for years after they need to. That's me. I'm okay, that, I'm that people. <laughs> um, yeah, I've been chewing it for eight years. I think. No, I think it's better yeah. than smoking. It's definitely better than smoking, yeah, unless no. you're doing that as well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> My heart. <laughs> My heart. Yeah. No, I've been chewing it for a long time. At least. I think eight years, but not a puff of a cigarette. Good for you. Fantastic. Well, thanks, guys. Congratulations. You. <laughs> when are you going to quit your fucking clove smoking? Oh, my Someday. God. Someday. I, I, I go through spurts of trying. You're like an eighth grade goth. I sure <laughs> See you at the cure at the Palladium. Exactly. Uh, Be the hot topic. It's, uh, <laughs> you know, I go... I, Stop. I stop a lot for, for uh, weeks, months sometimes. Six months was my longest uh, recently. And then I just – whenever I – it's a stress reaction for me and it just turns into a – it's either I'm doing that or I'd be shoving large sandwiches into my mouth. You know, like so. I'm talking Cliff Huxtable sandwiches. <laughs> Dagwoods. Is that, can I even reference that anymore? Is it okay I don't to know. I don't know. Absolutely not. No, no, no. <laughs> no, wait, wait. Cliff was fine. Cliff was great. Cliff was great. Yeah. Good was, dad, great doctor. The minute the, the, yeah. The oh, lights dimmed on set and he walked uh, to his dressing room. That it made <laughs> really dark. But, but before that. I just thought he took the sweater off. Yeah, like, it's before. fine. The sweater was. The worst guy. Uh, but thank you so much for being here. Thanks Justin for having Thoreau. me. This has been a lot of fun. You're listening to Enjoy Your Burrito, everyone. <laughs> I know there's an I don't know. <laughs> Is that your sign-off? That's yeah. how we sign off. Yeah, yeah we sign off. Tell everyone That's a weird voice. You never use that before. What are you talking about? I was talking about this all the time. It's my real voice. It's my real voice. If I need you to accept me, it's what I really am. That would be terrifying. That would be terrifying. Every time we stopped recording, you started talking like that. I can't figure it anymore. What was that great... 
uh, uh, SCTV thing. Where it's like, oh, oh, which we one? got such a long way to... Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah where like, he take it to it. the border. Is yeah. in the recordings. Is it the it? Christopher Cross? Where it's the Christopher Cross. Where Moranis runs And they're like, we got it. That was great. We put it on wax. And then he's like, thanks, Carlos. Hit a letter. Such a long way to go. Yeah. One of the genius. Take it to the border of Mexico. He gets out of his car and he's got to run back. Yeah, exactly. I just love the end. Thanks, Carlos. See you later. Speaks like he sings. I mean, that's how we'll start a new. Thanks, Carlos. Kids later. have a lot of homework. Go watch SCTV and Ben Stiller show. Yeah. <laughs> you fucking should if you're a, if you appreciate comedy yeah, at appreciate all. Comedy. You need to see where the shit comes from. The dearth of kids it. who don't know Strangers with Candy is one of like oh, the Strangers biggest heartbreaks. Is the one of the greatest half hour shows that has it's ever existed. Best. I think it's the best thing. It was. It's got the people you love in it. It's got your Stephen Colbert in there. If yeah, you like Colbert. It's got Paul Donella, Amy yep. Sedaris. I mean, literally some of the funniest people on the. You planet. did a Strangers with Candy. Didn't you? I did a I did a small part in the movie because I was such a nerd for the show, and actually ended up becoming friends with uh, Amy and Paul a little bit. Um, and uh, yeah, but I used to watch that show just Joffrey. Like, yeah, I mean it was so freaking funny. I love that show. So that's your homework. We could do another hour. Strangers with that Candy. Show. I got to rewatch it. If you watch all of Strangers with Candy, you've gotten a complete PhD in how to do comedy. Yep. And, and Tropic Thunder Netflix miniseries. Yep, that's happening. <laughs> Make it happen. <laughs> I'll try. All right. Now leaving Nerdist.com. Enjoy your burrito. Hey, grown-ups! The Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast. That is, until he gets a surprise visit to his fishbowl podcast studio from the Cat in the Hat himself. And it becomes very clear that the cat has other plans for the podcast. And those plans are the opposite of quiet. Sing along to new favorite songs, try your luck at Titanic tongue twisters, have some fun with wondrous wordplay, and most importantly, bring your family along for all of the adventures in the Cat in the Hat cast. Follow the Cat in the Hat cast on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen to the Cat in the Hat cast early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Wondery Kids Plus on Apple Podcasts today.